Okay. So the last yeah, episode of yourself. <laughs> okay. So first of all, the, it's a two-parter. The first part is called Pregnancy. So yes. when I saw that title, I was like, well, Ethan, I know why you are interested in seeing this one. Um, yeah, I don't I don't talk about it much as the in my persona as the hungry reader, but you know what? Let's you know, cards on the table, that's my thing. I am into pregnant women. That is my that is my deal. And the thing is, this is I mean, even as nauseating as a, a prospect as it prevent, presents, it's still disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a th- uh, did I just out you? I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. Is like, you know, I'm. I mean, like, that's that's one of my secondary interests as well. So, you know, I was. It's not like I was objecting to watching it. I was like thinking, yeah, it's probably not going to be very good because it's drawn in Dilbert style. But you know, you never know. Um, yeah. I mean, but, let's yeah. let me t- let me just tell you that this episode is probably not going to have converted any any young impressionable children to who happen to be watching it to my way of thinking. Yeah, because this one. Okay, so okay, so okay, in the pre the pre title sequence, right? The little yes. little little stinger at the beginning, or whatever you call that, the cold open. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, actually, major plot point in the cold open, really. Oh, that's true. It actually that's unusual because usually the cold open is just a random gag, but it is. This is actually setting up what's going to happen. So Dilbert, uh, because he's a wacky inventor, he has invented a a rocket that will um, go collect like life samples in outer space because he wants to um, you know prove the existence of aliens. I think well, more specifically, genetic material, which means he has basically made, whether he me- intended to or not, a sperm-seeking rocket. Okay, that's right. So he has created a sperm-seeking rocket. Now, uh, Ratbert uh, does like some stuff that causes it to accidentally discharge early. And the sperm-seeking rocket blasts off into the stratosphere seeking sperm. And... Um, it basically flies around, hits a button, go, goes through a bunch of different spot places. Uh, goes it, through it a hit- UFO, a barn, a sperm bank, and a hospital where a hillbilly is about to be inseminated by a by a billionaire. Yes. For, yes. And um, it and then having collected all these different kinds of sperm, it returns to Dilbert. And uh, hits him right in the ass, right? Yes. And then right. it goes to the yes. credits. And it was funny because I was just like, oh, oh, boy. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know where this is going. But I mean, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see the shape of things to come. I don't know about this at all. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Um uh grit your actually, teeth yeah actually wait one second let me just pause because i have to pee quick uh do you oh, mind okay, if i pause sure. quick pause. yeah no problem oh there okay let's let's do the count, second count in again one two three okay we're, we're well we're back we're back Where were for we? those of you at home i had to go pee and that's why we paused it's seamless seamless editing will edit this all out we were oh. talking about okay <laughs> Don't tell them that we pee. They'll know we're people. It's like, oh, we've ruined the magic. 
It's like seeing like the Disney characters with their heads off. It's like we're letting y'all. Hey, th- all you kids at home, we're letting you into the headless lounge. Oh, behind the scenes. Oh man, yeah. So anyway, the the Dilbert gets rammed in the ass by his sperm-seeking rocket, and then credits. Cut back to Dilbert. He's in the hospital. I think he's in a coma. And his mom and Dogbert are there. And the doctors are like, yeah, he's he's like pregnant with like uh, uh, five different kinds of sperm. And Dilbert's mom is like, I, I want to be a grandma. So don't don't like let it, I want you. I want the baby to, to stay. I want the baby to happen. And yes. uh, and this is immediately after she said that she's not really concerned whether he lives or dies. Oh God, it's so she's so okay. First of all, I mean the complete disregard for like not only Dilbert's life but his like autonomy in this decision to carry a baby is like really kind of disgusting. It's it's really a little yes. like I found it like kind of like ugh. Um, and the doctor's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. We don't give a shit. <laughs> It'd be funny. Yeah. And um, and then like it's like God, everyone in this is like a ghoul. It's awful. Um, and and then their doctors are like, well, we gotta like pump him full of estrogen, you know, so that like the fetus can like gestate in his colon, I guess. And when this is happening, I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, this is here we fucking go. Here it's like strap in, here we go. Um so, uh it was like I was like, oh well obviously what's good it's gonna be an episode all about Dilbert is I wasn't sure like, okay, is it gonna be just like jokes about like Dilbert doing womanly things, or is it actually gonna be like Dilbert like growing breasts and stuff? I wasn't sure which way they were gonna go with it. Um they went with just him acting womanly, which is not much better in this particular. In this no, part. it's not. I mean, if, if, you know, it, it feels like they could not commit to a theme with this one. No. Um, and uh, I'm okay. And here's the thing is like this entire episode. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, uh, well, before we get into like a lot of it, like it's it's from 2000, right? Yeah. So, um, and you know what happened in 2000? What happened in 2000? It stopped being the 90s. That's true. And now that it wasn't the 90s, people were like, "Whoo! Thank God we can go back to being racist, sexist assholes again." That's right. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have to feel, we don't have to, you know, feel 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 your pain anymore you know it's like yeah. back to the good old days and yeah like the sexism the, in this episode you know, that wow off the charts off the fucking charts and off the chain wow um okay here's the thing about i'm gonna say okay um i feel like and maybe this may be controversial this may i may be wrong on this you could do an episode about this this idea of well, Dilbert getting estrogen and becoming womanly. It's, 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 yes. um, okay. If you do it nowadays, you now, okay. 2000 is a different time. The idea Absolutely. of gender was not really in the, in the public consciousness for the vast majority of the normie population. Yeah. 
so you could do an episode like this and people wouldn't think much about it. If you did it today, it's like immediately like, yeah, this is severely transphobic. Um, <laughs> I mean, and not that it was not transphobic then. It just I think most people probably wouldn't have noticed. But um, put, putting all that baggage aside for a second, you could probably do an episode where uh, it, where basically Dilbert's acting like a woman. And you could do it in a way where it's either like really kind of deep cutting, like incisive satire or in a way where it's kind of just like frothy, harmless goofiness. I've, I've seen it go either of those ways. This one does not do either of those. It really cut, doubles down on just like just the, the worst misogyny. Where they're they're not even jokes. Yes. It's just like excerpts from like an online screed about like bitches being frigid. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, but uh, it's it's the most it Dilbert's transformation into femininity is again to use this word. It's the most it's the most surface level. It's there's like oh now he uses lipstick because he's a woman and he doesn't recognize it because he thinks he's still a man i mean i don't yeah yeah it's it's a lot like that where he's all like oh you know um now my you know there's like ah uh, uh, god um it's and so much of it is based just based on seeing people's reaction to seeing Dilbert acting like a woman and seeing them crack up or act grossed out. Yeah, that's the worst part of it, honestly. Because, I mean, like, I feel like if this episode was just Dilbert acting, you know, kind of like, you know, like, oh, um, like he, where he's like, my I need to moisturize my skin because, you know, that's the thing women do. It's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But the fact that every single person is like snickering and pointing and laughing at him, it's like, God, this is so just mean. It's so like, just, um, I don't know. Um, it, it just really like leaves a sour taste in your mouth watching this. Cause it's just like, Ooh, um, everyone is just like, inc- and I'm oh, sorry. Uh, incred- yeah, they're just incredulous over, you know, you're doing girl stuff. You've got girl germs. Yeah. And, you know, like there's a bit. No one, no one more so than Alice. Oh, that yeah. That really blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, I said before that Alice is not really a female character. She's just a character who happens to have some of the affectations of women. But, I mean, she is just she is one of the worst misogynists of all in this episode. Yeah. She's all like, cause like she, cause like Dilbert's like, yeah, I got some like Kleenex in my like suitcase or something. And she's like, that's not a suitcase. It's a purse. It's like, okay. Um, it's like, like, what are you a fairy? Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's really like, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Weird. I thought she was going to try and beat him up. Yeah. She, well, let's just, I guess you watch this and you're like, is Alice a turf? That's what, that's what this comes off as. Um, it's it's pretty. I read about people like you on Mum's Net, Gilbert. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, the thing is, like, why were you reading Mum's Net? <laughs> it's all bad. The um, you know, like like there because there's some like like kind of there there are a few like kind of harmless like harmless jokes where Gilbert is like. Oh, my feet are cold. My feet are so cold. Is anyone else cold? My feet are cold. And it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of amusing. You know, that's a thing that like, yeah, women are always cold. And I, I don't think that's something that people are going to be like, 
offended by or anything. They're going to see that and be like, oh, that's you know, true. How dare you accuse me of being cold? You know, like that but. sort of thing is like, yeah, that's fine. But then they're like, then the next one, Dilbert is all like, oh, I suddenly find out that I love substance-free conversation. It's like, wow, okay. Uh, well. <laughs> um, again, it's like, not really a joke there. Just like, just the, the show completely giving up on the idea that it ever had any female viewers, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, it, it really seemed like if this hadn't been the last episode, it would have been basically saying, women, get out of here, Ben's Club only. Yeah, it's like, this is the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Because, um, yeah, like, and then he goes to, like, uh, he goes to talk to Catbert, right? The evil uh, director of human resources who basically is all, like, being a psychiatrist to him. And it's always funny when Catbert's on, because it's like, yeah, I don't, I know that human resources is bad, but that's not really what they do. They're not really, like, a counselor, no. you know? It's not, like, a guidance counselor, but okay. Um but he's all like, Dilbert's like, oh, I feel like, I forget what he says. He says a bunch of things like, do you know what's wrong with me? Yeah. And, Cap- and Catford's like, how do you feel about performance reviews? And Dilbert's like, well, I used to not mind them, but now I can't stand any sort of criticism at all. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Scott Adams, do you have a, do you have a maybe like a. Some- I was going to say. <laughs> Dilbert has uh, been impregnated and now he's turned into Scott Adams. Yes. Oh, truth. Um, but yeah, these, cause that's the thing is like, there is a just constant flow of stuff like that where it's just like, Oh wow. Um, you know, you're, you're literally just, there's a whole lot of things about women that seem like they just apply to everyone. Yeah. There's a lot of that kind of, they're always eating candy and Shelbyville feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, like Scott. I think this. This. I don't know. I should have probably checked if Scott Adams actually wrote this episode. I'm just gonna assume he did. I don't think he necessarily wrote any of the episodes. But well, I feel maybe I just say I feel like his ethos permeated the series. Um, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Yeah, it's like um, okay. There's a lot of uh, yeah. You know, I'm God. There's a, just a, there's a lot going on in this one. Um, yeah, and then Dilbert. I mean, yeah, um, it's the movie. Yeah, and then like they do the thing where they're like, yeah, and then like Dilbert's like uh, coworkers, like they're very hostile to him because like, uh, like when he's all like, um, I'm just gonna knit like this Afghan because during the meeting because women love to knit, and his boss is like, Dilbert, if I don't know, but I say there's something wrong with you. It's like, jeez, okay. Um, well, more specifically, he says, if I wasn't completely self, self-absorbed, self I would think there was something wrong with you, which is, again, a little bit funny. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a little of that. But then, oh, man, uh, there's just like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's it like when I think Dilbert, what does he do? He says something like, I forget what it is. And Loud Howard's like, that's a woman thing. It's like, OK, um, very, very OK. Um it's it's uh it's kind this whole thing is kind of uncomfortable to watch you know uh yes but um uh but there is one bit that i will admit is kind of funny again dipping into that you know kind of very you know lowest common denominator lockhorns type humor about men and women are different where they prove that dilbert is a woman by the fact that he can now remember what clothes he wears but none of the men in the office can do that i was like yeah i'm amused by that 
I I guess I, I I tried it on myself and I could in fact remember, but I was wearing unusual things today, so I actually took an so I actually took a little bit of mental stock. I was like, oh okay, I'm wearing my Super Mario sweater over a white T-shirt, and I've got uh, camouflage pajama pants on, and uh, I'm wearing Crocs because I hate fashion. So <laughs> it's like, well, you know, uh, you got to be true to your uh, true to yourself. Oh shit! I forgot to mention I'm wearing glasses. I really am. Oh, man. there you go. Um, well, you know, it's uh, the thing is like I, I could. I mean, if I right now I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, it's like wearing jeans, wearing a shirt that says uh, North Carolina on it because my mom went to North Carolina, bought me a shirt, and I only wear shirts my mom bought me. Oh, and uh, a hoodie, you know, <laughs> and socks. But it's like I don't know. It's like oh, I guess like how how. Um, Dilbert does get very granular when he describes his outfit in this, so maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a thing in this. It was vaguely amusing, uh, and it was it was. I guess I should yeah. say it's amusing, and it didn't seem nearly as mean spirited as you know most of the stuff in here. But I'm also one of those people who's like until oh until I was going to say it turns out not to actually be a joke. It turns out to be a plot point. Which is another weird thing that kind of happens with the show, or something that would normally just be a one-off joke turns into something that the the whole show revolves around. Oh, well, how did it was a plot point? I can't remember now. He went out and asked all of his friends. He he used a uh, cardboard cutout that blocks out your body that Catbert gave him to ask his friends what they were wearing, and none of them could name it either. And it just what turned what what started out as a joke just kind of went on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, it just became like a thing, you know. Um, well, that's the thing is like this one they're not very good, like you said, the timing they they don't believe in their own jokes. They really have to belabor them. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. That's nowhere is this more true than at the end of this episode because okay, there there isn't much of a joke to it beyond that uh, Dilbert can't fit in his clothes anymore, as is typical in pregnancy, and has to go to his mom's place to make himself an extra wide, extra long shirt, which uh, Dogbert correctly uh, acknowledges as a maternity dress. Yes. And so, oh, and it should be mentioned that th- this hasn't been a period of months. This has been days. So well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's car- he's carrying a, a a cow hillbilly robot alien fetus. Apparently, it matures really fast. You know, it's like it's like when Troy got the brain baby on Star Trek and it grew up in a day. So um, I guess that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, now, now that 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 did for me what Dilbert would never do for. Anyone, yeah. Well, but uh, yeah. Well, Troy, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Dilbert, he's wearing he's wearing yeah the giant shirt that Dogbird is like, that's like a dress. Oh, and we didn't even get into the extremely long and belabored joke about how their HMO is now an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, though I will say that like, again, ex- manatees, I mean, they actually get better service at this Italian restaurant HMO than you get in real life from an HMO. Cause at least you get like pasta, you get a meal out of it. So, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty dire as far as jokes go. Um, and the, and first the, the, First, it's the boss telling us, and he goes on and on and on with line after line about it. And then Dilbert, after finally getting the news that he's pregnant, which Dogbert was hiding from him because he thought it would be funny. Ugh. Yeah, good. Best friend. Seriously. And, yeah. 
So then we actually see the HMO restaurant, and then we get the joke about, you know, they don't actually have any medical equipment. Dilbert wants a uh, wants an ultrasound. So the waiter just leans down next to his belly and goes, boop, 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 while the busboy draws what he hears. Yeah. And, and then... And that goes on and on and on. It really does. It's like, like a full, like, minute of this. And it's like, okay. I guess they just needed to fill some dead air. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to have some long, loving close-ups of Dilbert's belly. I don't Mm, know. No, could be. But, (laughs) and, and then Dilbert gets to see what's on, what the billboy what the bus boy drew and he shrieks in horror in the episode. Ends. Yes. So it's a cliffhanger. Yes. It's a cliffhanger that as we see in the next episode comes to nothing because he drew a still life. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the joke. That's the joke. Um, he drew a still life instead of drawing what was in. So we still don't know what Dilbert has, um, but Dilbert basically goes to work and he's like, all right, I'm pregnant. Um, I need like maternity leave. And his boss is not supportive at all. Um, yeah, his yeah his boss. They don't offer maternity leave, and uh, and Catbird is also not supportive, and also starts eating catnip and uh, running around. Uh, and I thought this was going to lead into uh, Dilbert blackmailing Catbird for seeing him use drugs on the job, but uh, it didn't come go up. anywhere. Uh, I was just, I was waiting because I was like, no, what is, the, what is going on here? This. And then there's that little guy, the little troll that works for Catbird, and I was like, I don't. Maybe he, maybe we've seen him in previous episodes that we haven't watched because I've yeah. no what's going on there. Um, the whole thing. Yeah, I we I don't intend to watch any no. other Dilbert episodes unless this episode is for some reason the biggest hit we've ever done, and we have to keep going back to Dilbert. Oh my god! Also, no. you know, interesting. Um, Catbird apparently was Jason Alexander. I didn't recognize the voice, but in the credits, that's who it was. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah, huh? I was like, oh my god, it's Duckman. Um, which, if you want a much better episode, which makes fun of low-hanging fruit about how men and women are different, watch the Duckman episode where uh, they divide the country in half, and men and women live on separate sides of a big wall. Because that one's actually <laughs> kind of funny. And, uh, not, I don't remember that one, but then I don't really remember any Duckman episodes apart from the one where they accidentally destroy a robot Bart Simpson. <laughs> but. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was the time. It was the style of the time. <laughs> they were like, we're going to show that. How dare they be popular? We'll show that Simpsons. Well, I mean, I mean, his voice actor actually worked on the show. Oh, that's funny. Too, so, so they got an, so they got an actual Bart scream out of the that, robot. That is so. really hilarious. <laughs> Um, Dugman was a good show though. Everyone check it out. I believe it was. was it a comic? Yeah. I think it was a comic actually. Now that I think about it. So supposedly mm. I never saw the comic. Yeah, me neither. Though. So maybe supposedly it exists, but anyway, unfortunately today we're stuck with Dilbert. So, um, yeah, so Dilbert, he said, Oh yeah. He, 25 peanut sized babies. Oh, that's right. They really, you know, this whole thing about the lack of maternity leave, I feel like it maybe if this was handled in a, in a better show, this would have been kind of like, again, very kind of cutting bleak satire about the state of, you know, the corporate world and its treatment of women, but it yeah. really isn't treated that there way. There are so many, no, there are so many places where it starts to make a salient point and then tells itself to shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Just like the part where, like, yeah, they talk about, like, oh, there's no, like, maternity leave, and both Alice and Dilbert say at the same time, that's discrimination towards women, and you feel like, oh, we're supposed to laugh at Dilbert because he thought that uh, discrimination against women exists. <laughs> now you care. You lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like, okay, um, whatever. Um, go, go Scott Adams. Um, so Dilbert, <laughs> in desperation, decides he's going to instead sell his story to the tabloids. Or, yeah, the tabloids don't want it. So he goes to TV. And, okay, here's the thing. So there's this whole thing where then they basically are like, okay, we're going to manufacture a story about this because, you know, and make it into a media yeah. circus. And it's the, it is, extre- okay, this is a very 90s thing where you do kind of like really kind of bland, toothless criticism of like media circus events. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, that's satire. But it's really not. It's kind of just. No, it's like, look, if we know that the Simpsons episode about like Homer with the gummy Venus basically said everything needs to be said about this topic, um, because this can't hold a candle to that. You know, this is the this is the era of jokes about selling the movie rights. And yeah, again, yeah, yeah, it's never been done better than Weird Al's headline. news. So, Uh, yeah, this is just like it's really just kind of like, you know, you're watching you're watching a a thing that you just think like, Oh, well at the time this was very, this was a thing on people's minds. Like people were like really into like the idea of like, Oh no, televised court hearings are the, uh, that's a sign of the culture just becoming more base, but it's like, Oh, who cares? Just who cares? Um, you know, if this had been made one year later, it would have been all about Jerry Springer. Oh God. Yeah. Wow. I can't. Yeah, you're right. It predates Jerry Springer by like, just one year, a couple months. Wow, yeah. that's that's incredible to think about. Um, yeah. Um, so Dilbert, he he's selling his story to the tabloids, and they basically orchestrate a courtroom drama where all the yeah, it took super hard left turn into literal fake news territory. Yeah. And all the all the people whose sperm got stolen by Dilbert's rocket have decided they want to raise Dilbert's baby themselves. And um, so they're suing Dilbert for custody of the baby. And the judge is Savage Steve Austin. No, sorry, not Savage Steve. No, sorry. <laughs> it's Savage Steve Stone Holland. Cold Steve Holland. <laughs> Oh my god. Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin. S- yes. Savage Stone Cold Steve Austin is is the judge in this courtroom this kangaroo courtroom. Um but man, he, they, when he comes into that courtroom, you're just like, wow, he is animated completely differently from everything we've seen so far. Yeah, that's true. Because he actually they they draw him slightly differently, so he kind of looks like Savage Sorry, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and um, he moves like he's been rotoscoped. So it's very weird after you know this whole thing. And let me tell you something. I mean, I've never watched wrestling in my life, and I still know who he is because there was everyone was wearing these Austin three sixteen shirts when I was a kid. And oh my god, yeah, it's it's weird. But he's the judge. He gets up there, and 
and it's one of those things where you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess he's like, I guess he was very much in the culture at the time, so this was like relevant and topical in some way, uh, even though there's no reason for him to be the judge, and I don't understand how this is a joke. Yeah, at the same time, I kind of wonder if they tried to get Scott Adams to draw him and he just couldn't. He moves like he's been rotoscoped, but he still has weird Dilbert proportions, so it's like they filmed a monster and then rotoscoped Steve Austin over it. Yeah, it's not as funny as when Judge Reinhold was the judge on the, on uh, Clerks. Yeah, see, that's funny because his name is literally Judge. You know? It's <laughs> called a pun, people. Look it up. And they started... Yeah. And they started weaving this whole idea that Judge Reinhold was a washed-up actor who'd taken a job as a judge instead. And <laughs> See? And that you could... And you could really get him... And you could get him on your side by mentioning that you'd seen all of his movies, including Zandalee and vice versa. But, See, the Clerks cartoon was actually a pretty good cartoon, you know? Yes, which is why it only lasted two six episodes while this got two yeah. seasons. I was, like, really disappointed when they made that Clerks, like, sequel, and they didn't have Leonardo Leonardo in it. Aww. I was like, come on! They could have gotten... He's the best thing! Yeah. <laughs> They could have gotten uh, Alec Baldwin to do it. I'm sure he would have loved it. Yeah, exactly. It was such a such a missed opportunity. Uh, but anyway, uh, so um, Steve Austin is like presiding over this courtroom, and well, there's a there's a few jokes where people get uh, people are on the stands and admitting to embarrassing things, like the cow admits that she chews her cud and things like that. But mostly, it's just that uh, because. Because this group of 19 or however many people, they all want to raise the baby together. So I guess, yeah, it makes sense to uh, hint to Judge Stone Cold and just about everyone else that there are this would this would result in the baby having more benefits than just being raised by this guy who doesn't even have medical insurance. And yeah, so Dilbert makes this passionate plea that, you know, even though. You know, even though I didn't ask for it, I'm still, I still feel like, you know, with me is the best place for this baby. And uh, Stone Cold is like, no, I think I'm going to give it to the freaks instead. And which is now, if you actually look up Stone Cold himself, Mm -hmm. he's pretty cool. He's, he's actually a very, um, he's actually a very thoughtful feminist guy. Really? Interesting. So this does not, yeah, this does not seem very very much uh, in his wheelhouse, but uh, maybe, you know, maybe he's changed in the last 19 years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it happens. Um, I mean, he is yeah. basically saying the lines they wrote for him. So maybe he's like, oh, I need a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am only the world's most famous wrestler. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of someone else who needed a paycheck, guess who else is in this episode? Um, uh, I can't. Jay guess. Leno. Uh, he appears as himself. Oh, that was the real Jay the Leno? The real Jay Leno is in this. I mean, talk about star power. Jay fucking Leno. And what? And I'm sorry to derail into this, but I have to mention, because Jay Leno is in this, and he's basically doing his monologue about the, the court case, you know? And it's, it's yes. a, what I find actually amazing about this is, well, I, I watched it, and it's basically Jay Leno saying, hey, you know, the, the, the baby, it's like part cow and part engineer. Do you think it like uh, surfs the internet while it milks itself? And it's like, I heard that and I was like, that is terrible. There is no joke there. That is awful. But it is exactly the sort of thing that Jay Leno would say in his monologue. So I can't tell if this is incredibly cutting meta commentary or like the rest of the show, they just couldn't be bothered with an actual joke. (laughs) 
It's so weird. It's a masturbation joke. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's like it's just like uh, it's just not good. It's not good. Yes. Um, also, the way they drew Jay Leno, it's like wow, they really got his punchability like down. Like I, I look at his face in this, his, his animated face. I'm like, I hate this guy. Um, so it's just like the real Jay Leno, who's also very hateable. Um, but anyway. I can't think of Jay Leno without thinking of the time that some friends and I stopped at, uh, have you ever been to Casa de Fruta? Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, Casa de Fruta is really cool. And you know how they had the world famous cup flipper there? Yes. Yeah, so we we asked about him and he said, no, he's, we we wondered if he was working uh, that night and he said, no, this is his night off. But yeah, he's famous. He was on Dave Leno. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, with a perfectly straight face, I said, are, are you sure it wasn't Jay Letterman? And <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? Uh, and there's like, oh, it was one of those guys, you know, just completely sailed over their heads. So, you know, this, you know, there, there's this one time that I, you know, really owned a, a waitress who works for tips. You know what? So. It turned out it was actually like uh, uh, Arsenio uh, O'Brien. <laughs> oh Arsenio oh we miss <laughs> you man <laughs> but, oh man but anyway so so Stone calls Steve Austin yeah he gives the baby to the um the the the, the freaks and j- yeah he calls them the yeah, freaks and um they like to show off their physique yeah and then so Dilbert <laughs> decides I'm like I'm out of here I'm running away with my baby so he um he jumps in a car and Dogbert drives that, and they do this high-speed chase away. Um, then they go to an abandoned hospital, and yes, which has, which we're told is the hospital that moved to the Italian restaurant. Yes. and um, and then in the car, uh, Dilbert has the baby, and it's like, oh, my water broke, and the, the car fills with water, and um, so I mean, I know it's keep in mind, yeah. Keep in mind, Dilbert got pregnant like yesterday. Yes, <laughs> he specifically says it's nine months early. Yeah, so. I, I remember watching this, and it's like you know, I mean, I know that this is a cartoon in which a man gets pregnant by having a rocket of alien sperm shot up his ass. So I mean, I'm not really looking for like realism in this, you know. But at the same, but I don't know. I mean, I I I just kind of find the the. Uh, Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little too sensitive here. This this image of the car filling up with amniotic fluid kind of grossed me out. <laughs> it, it just seemed like I mean I feel like the writers were like, yeah, water, right? I mean that's what comes out, right? It's like okay, it's like no, no, no. It's also it's uh, it's a brackish fluid which also has traces of meconium. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you know, it's like what they have that nice little joke where Dogbert and Ratbert put on like scuba gear and they're gonna swim around and uh, how does Dilbert deliver the baby? I just realized does he, he shits it out. No, nah, he just yeah, he just uh, they don't get into that thankfully because I didn't want to know. Yeah, it's like okay. I mean, it's like there are multiple answers to the question of how men would have babies if they could and. You know, it's my show. I'm going to go furly down on it comes out through the penis. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, that is the analog. You know, if women can stretch that much, you know, we should be able to. too. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, But yeah, so he he 
But Dilbert delivers the baby. The baby has been delivered, and it is, as we expected, it is a combination of cow and alien and robots and all that stuff. And what I didn't expect is that it actually is kind of cute. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they did they, they didn't do a bad job. You know, it actually, you know, it's it's you know, you feel maternal instincts looking at it. Then apparently, like everyone is showing up, and they all want the baby, so. Dilbert does the only thing that he can do, which is to shoot it into space. And that that's they have a rocket and they shoot into yes. space. And I was watching it and I was like, did they establish this rocket earlier in the episode? Because I feel like that is kind of an important thing that should have been established earlier in a Chekhov's gun sort of thing. But no, they have a rocket in the because yeah, why not? So yeah, they do that. The rocket was how he got pregnant in the first place, remember? It, he can build it's rockets. It's not the same to go rocket though. It's like a different rocket. No, it's so, not. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they shoot the rocket into space and Dilbert is like, I, if this works out, the baby will be safe and loved. And it's like, oh, you don't, okay. I mean, it's, so he had a backup plan, but we, he didn't tell us what it was, Yeah. but you know, but you know, that's how it is. If you want the, if you want the hero's plan to fail, tell us what it is in advance, and then we can see how it goes wrong. If you want the hero's plan to succeed, don't tell us. Have them just do that's it. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so it succeeds, because the baby is now in space. Yes. And in the post-credit sequence, I think it's post-credit, they show that it lands on basically like Superman's planet, you know? Yeah, literally Superman's planet. It's a, he, he is... It's Jor-El who uh, comes to pick him up. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Again, Steinfeld. Yeah, it was like, eh, all right. So I guess that's that's the joke. That's that's the thing. It's the thing you remember, you know? You remember Superman. <laughs> that's a thing. Um, yeah, so uh, it is... Um, <sighs> this episode, it was... It's, my God. It, it, it just... It went to a lot of places. There was a lot happening in this, and it is not good. <laughs> I mm. mean, my yeah, my brain is thoroughly broken, and I'm sure yours is. Yeah, too. it was just like okay, like it's just this. It's it just goes all over the place. This two parter, you know, it just feels like it's a mishmash of just things because we got like this pregnancy thing, then going into this weird like media circus satire and a courtroom uh, thing and then like shooting a baby into space and you know all throughout it's just infused with like just such probably the the most blatant and direct examples of misogyny that i've seen on like television which which you know i mean what what not not yeah. okay that's not act not what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like i guess the the most um naked and uh unvarnished in your face it's not like it's been disguised in any way as part of a plot line it's literally just like excerpts from someone's angry letter about bitches being thrown into this episode you know um <laughs> and you were right scott adams is co-writer on this oh, episode well, there, so... there you go there you go um and again like you know and then just like a lot of and plus like just so mean-spirited the way that everybody just like mocks him with and is so com so openly contemptuous towards dilbert like you know using moisturizer and uh 
How dare you? Yeah, it's like, wow, they really don't... They really hate him using moisturizer. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they really get, like... Everyone, like, gives him real shit about wearing that dress, which, um... I mean, yeah, to be to be frank, it's a hideous dress. It does not look good yes. on him. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's a maternity dress. It's, you know, your options are limited. So, you know, whatever. Also, did you notice that when he had to take the dress off to get the, uh, get the C... I almost said C-section. No, the, to get the ultrasound, he didn't actually look any different than when we saw him naked in the shower in the first episode. That's point, true. First episode. I mean, he's still completely spherical, <laughs> you know? He's yeah. <laughs> he's still shaped like an egg, so yeah, you really don't notice much. Um, yeah, he just no, I just sewed on this uh, pregnant bump in the uh, in the dress as part as a fashion. Yeah, statement. you know, he's basically he's just wearing what is it a, a, a moon unit? A moon, a moon bump. bump. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was just like he was like uh, you know, like, yeah, she? So she, I'm just exploring this thing, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, uh, oh also do you know what else when in the beginning i think gilbert does something to his hair he uses a hairbrush yes and, and his hair looks really gross and weird and fleshy for the rest of the episode his hair yeah his hair looks like it, they, he, he puffs up his hair in a weird way so that it looks like the mouth of a lamprey <laughs> i was gonna say horse cock but yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah that too um Actually, more so because it does. His whole head is like the cock, and then you got like the weird, like flare, yeah. in his and hair. then the dip so, underneath. Um, ew, ew. Oh God. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. Of course, he's brushing his hair as he's driving, and he can't drive anymore because he's a woman. He's a woman. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's pretty bad. Here's another amusing um, anecdote: Women can't drive. <laughs> it's true. Say, hey, hey, I got a, I got a riddle for oh. you. A riddle for you, Ethan. Why, why do women wear makeup and perfume? Because they're uglier than we are. That's right. <laughs> and they smell bad. <laughs> and yeah, I gotta say, in this, when Dilbert puts on makeup, he looks awful <laughs> because he just has those awful weird worm lips, just like Alice. And, you know, it's a... Oh, we didn't mention, he has a mouth in this show. Oh, that's right. But it only appears when he talks. So, you know, yes, I mean, it's, it's Mo more characters should have that, though, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's just it's yeah, it looks a little weird that he's actually got a mouth. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of weirdness in this show. Um, everything is bad. Does, does Dilbert look to you like like Arthur got fired from being the tech sidekick? Oh, yeah, I can see that. He's kind of got. um He's kind of got like the uh, the, the the weird yeah. eye thing going on. Yeah, the kind of rotund body and pointy head. Arthur used used to have a much pointier head for some reason when they were doing the first few comics. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I think it was Arthur was uh, did also work in a soulless corporate you know um, uh, desk job before he left to become a superhero. So you know, yeah. Uh, that was even part of the first episode of the cartoon was that uh, his boss called him in to ask why he was wearing a moth suit to work. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and again, like, like uh, Dilbert with the moon bump, he was like, I'm trying something new to express myself. Yeah. So. You know, uh, except that it's a lot more, I feel like it's handled a lot more positively in the tick. Yes. Well, I mean, Arthur found the best job ever, which is 
to have a seven foot tall, 400 pound guy sleeping on your couch. Yes. But... <laughs> a nine vulnerable one too. Yes. But yeah, um, things do not go well for Dilbert it, it, at all at any time in any of this. It's bad. I, I feel yeah, sorry d- for him, but he's also kind of a shit. So yeah, that's kind of the whole thing is that, you know, you can't get on Dilbert's side be- you know, you're supposed to because, you know, the the world is against him. But, you know, at the same time, I just want to knock him down and take his lunch money. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, there's nothing, there's nothing good about him. I guess, like, he's, he's like, hapless and that, like, yeah, bad things happen to him. And I guess it's bad that they do. But I don't really care that much because, <laughs> the like, uh, here's the thing I'll say. Um, when we see Dilbert early on, the very first thing he does is basically like be mean to Ratbert. So it's like, well, why should we root for Dilbert? Because when he's confronted, you know, he's powerless in the world. But when he meets someone who's less, who's got even less power than him, he's an asshole to them too. So, you know, it's like, well, he deserves what he gets. Fuck Dilbert. Uh, Um, what a piece of shit from, (laughs) and apart from the fact that it's just never okay to be an asshole even to other assholes, you know, or maybe it is, you know, it depends on the asshole. You really, there isn't really a blanket rule and you have to judge assholes by the, by the content of the rectum. Yes. (laughs) Rectum barely knew him. (laughs) (laughs) These are the jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after watching Dilbert, these are pretty good jokes, actually. Um, You're you're right. Oh man. Real jokes in this. Um, Yeah. As opposed to like, "Mm." Yeah, yeah, um, what we got. Um, God, it is just, uh, it is just, this this whole, like, the first episode, I was kind of like, yeah, this is not very good, but, like, whatever. It is what it is. And this second two-parter, I was just like, yikes. Um, Learning a lot here about uh, Scott Adams. And you know what? Uh, Quite, you know, quite frankly, a lot of it is not very flattering to him. Um, no. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's like, he really seems to have a lot of problems, like not with, I mean, uh, I don't know if he's got problems with any sort of, uh, you know, um, alternative, uh, you know, non-traditional gender expressions, but it sure certainly you seems think? like it <laughs> certainly seems like it, you know, as a, uh, as, as a gender fluid egg American, I was like, Ooh, Oh man. Wow. Wow. Uh, really hating on Dilbert wearing that maternity dress um, and wearing yeah. the makeup. But, I mean, again, not everyone looks as good in makeup as I do. So, you know, mm. there's that. Um, but anyway, speaking of Scott Album. Scott Album. Uh, <laughs> Scott Album. Scott Album. Speaking of. Scotch Album. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of Dutch Elm, um, before we talk about the man, is there anything else we should say about the cartoon? Uh, I want to say that before that, in the final episode, there was only one joke that landed for me, mm-hmm. which was that at the beginning, uh. At the very beginning, Loud Howard comes out in the same way they used to to introduce a Treehouse of Horror special and goes, Last time on Dilbert! And we get to see all of the, you know, everything to set up the whole idea of uh, Dilbert's pregnancy. And then we cut back to Loud Howard and, and he says, And now for our title sequence! 
Please sing along. <laughs> Which is funny because it's it's a it's a musical. It's uh, instrumental. Yes, that was, that was it's an bad. instrumental with chanting. Yeah. Yes, um, with chanting and the sound of a straw going in and out of a dr- of a glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one bit that I liked, and that's where the aliens are trying to impregnate some random woman, and they're like, "We're gonna put our UFO sperm in you," and the other one's like, "We don't call ourselves UFOs." <laughs> and the first was like, "Well, maybe Sometimes I do." I... It was just I found that amusing <laughs> that the aliens don't call they call themselves <laughs> UFOs, which. Is dumb, but you know, I I, I I chuckled at that. So, you know, there are sporadic moments where a stop clock is right twice a day. So, yeah, you know, occasionally there's. You know, I, f- I feel like that joke might have evolved from we don't call ourselves aliens. But, yeah. Uh, but I think it's but funnier. UFOs is even funnier. Yeah, it's yeah. funnier because of the UFOs. Yeah. Like, alien would be maybe mildly amusing, but, but like, you, we don't call ourselves UFOs. It's just doubly so, I think. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I feel like it might have been the uh, co-writer Larry Charles who put, who gave that one. In. Yeah. Oh, I loved his work on, uh, you know, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I think it was. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we wanted to get into Fat Albert the Man. Fat Albert the Man. So we've been promising a little talk about Scott out Al- Scott albums. <laughs> for for quite some time because he is a character um so um and not like a character in the sense of like he he wears wacky ties and uh like goes on and flies vintage airplanes like he was burt raccoon or something no 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 not the cool kind no he is um like we said he's a man with opinions and he wants to share them and um, I did a little bit of research about him today just to refresh my memory on a few items because Scott Al- Al- Scott Albums is a long rap sheet. Um, <laughs> Album, rap albums, rap, of course. Yes. Hey, DJ, play that back again. <laughs> so um, <laughs> first of all, um, this is something that I remember reading and it may be apoc- apocryphal. I couldn't find evidence of it when I was looking again because I didn't know what to Google find it. So uh, this is just my own memory. Uh, the earliest thing I know about Scott Adams is apparently when he was in college, uh, he became a member of some sort of club and basically used some loopholes in the bylaws to squeeze out all the uh, founding members and force them to like leave. And uh, later in some interview was gloating about this, saying, they're a bunch of dumb liberal arts majors. They didn't know what they were doing. It was right of me as a smart engineer to take over because that's Darwinism. And it's like, okay. Uh no, that's not Darwinism. And if you had a liberal arts education, you would probably know that. Yeah, but you know, he's but that's the thing. Scott Adams has severe an ailment called engineer brain, um, which is basically if how okay, engineers fucking dumb as shit. They're the worst people. I'm going to say it. <laughs> um they're like, okay. Any- no, we don't mean like the ones that drive the train engine. No, they're good. No, you guys are cool. Yeah, we're, we're good with, you're down with them. Um, no, these are the ones yeah, we, who I like- love your, I love your pinstriped blue overalls. Oh, <laughs> uh, they love the big puffy hat. Yes, yes. Oh. And, you know, and how you do little dances with the bums on the uh, track to uh, tell kids about conjunctions. You guys are great. Yeah, yeah. They're doing the Lord's work. Um, but no, Scott Adams is the bad kind of engineer 
<clears throat> the kind that I mean, I guess they're like the like the they're like the kind how okay, you know how every time that like they come out with some like uh, um, petition and they say like we got like eight hundred scientists to sign this thing testifying that Santa Claus is real. And you actually look at it, and they're all like all of them are just engineers who don't know jack shit about anything. And every engineer that I've ever met, they they basically know very little. They they know like that one topic that they're you know they're engineering that they yeah. they have that thing, and they think that makes them a genius in everything. And they are just the dumbest people who fall for this. They're the people who like, literally like if you came up to me, like wallet inspector, they'd be like, ah, here you go, sir. Um, <laughs> they fall for anything. So you're saying that you're saying that engineers have min maxed themselves on uh, one uh, thing. They're really good at. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's the best way to put it. Um, they, they're munchkinning it, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Scott Adams, um, uh, he is, a member of Mensa, so, which which means that he's probably a pedophile, because uh, you know Mensa. Um, that's alleged, well. though. I mean, no, that, I shouldn't say alleged. As far as I know, there are no pedophile allegations against uh, Scott Adams. I just don't like Mensa because <laughs> they uh, are a lot of weirdos there. But uh, also, if you join Mensa, it probably means you're an asshole because it's like, look at me, I'm a genius. Um, and Scott Adams does like to describe himself as a certified genius, which is like something Wiley Coyote would say. It's literally something Wiley Coyote says. <laughs> He's like, I'm a card carrying genius. Yes, super genius. Uh, yeah, if you're so stupid, if you're so stupid, why don't you have a real name? Wile isn't a name. That's right. I mean, yeah, go back, whatever. Go back to your Acme catalog. Mr. Coyote. Um, actually, you know, his original name was Don Coyote. Now, that's a better name. That, that is a better name, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott Adams also, he's a trained hypnotist. And <laughs> yes. How, who trains you to be a hypnotist? He, um, well, I think that just means he's got one of those bow ties that spins around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and no, like if you ever meet him, he's walking he's stalking around in like a top hat with one of those big curly mustaches and he's got like a pocket watch he can swing around like you know but and then the next thing you know every time somebody says the words womp womp a doodomp you won't be able to stop laughing yeah yeah exactly um <clears throat> but he is um okay um now keep remember this item about him being a hypnotist because it will become infinitely creepier as you learn more about him um he, oh no! Uh, <laughs> he, oh no! He um he believes in the secret. He believes that oh no he can change reality with the power of his awesome mind. He um in fact um oh god is that what happened? Yeah, and this is the reality that he's created for us. By the way, um uh. actually it was interesting because um our mutual friend uh, Steph Cherrywell mentioned at one point. Yes. In the past, um, she used to be on the Dilbert mailing list, and uh, apparently, at one point, uh, Dilbert uh, Scott Adams was like, <laughs> "I want everyone out there to write Dilbert the cartoon will be a major success, like fifteen times, and th this will like make it be because of all the mental energy that we're like expending on this." And uh, yeah, and it was like, um, "Okay, apparently, will this didn't Steph work." Do it? Because they only got two seasons, and 
clearly, I'm just going to put this out there. The reason it didn't work is because if you read fucking, what, Alan Moore or Spider Jerusalem or whatever it is, that sort of thing only works if you're jerking off at the same time. You know, you need the calm energy. <laughs> it doesn't work if you just write it down. But anyway, so Scott Adams is very We're the into crystal at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense. That's just science. Um, but anyway, so he's very into like that sort of uh, that sort of woo. Um, interestingly, he also um, suffers from suffered at one point from an ailment called spasmodic dysfo- dysphonia. Spet. Uh, he can't hear? No. He um, becomes deaf? No, it's actually apparently a condition, uh, no one knows why, where you cannot talk except under very specific circumstances. So for apparently about a year, uh, Scott Adams could only talk to his cat or via song. So he had uh, he had to sing things. Um... Uh, wow. Yeah. Is I, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say he's making it up, but has anyone else in history had this? Um, I've never heard of it except for this instance. I also didn't really research it, so I don't know. It does sound <laughs> extremely, I, uh, sounds okay. Again, I don't, I, I, I don't also don't want to say that it's fake, but it does sound, yeah, gosh, he did pay Okay, it's a thing. Scott Adams is extremely extra, and if someone was to fake something like this, I would not put it past Scott Adams to do it. Because mm. he is not... Uh, as we'll see going forward again, he has been known to fake things. Um, let's see. Sorry, uh, th- there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so he also... Uh, speaking of faking things, he <laughs> um, apparently... On his blog, let me see if I can find the actual thing here. Um, uh, oh, yes. So apparently on his blog, he um, uh, he said some things that kind of got him in trouble. Uh, apparently said that women are spoiled, irrational children for demanding equal pay. Uh, <laughs> that apparently um, he also uh, was came out and said it was like you know a global warming uh, i think that's a hoax uh and um evolution i don't get that i don't understand it and i'm a genius so it must be fake if i don't understand it um and also uh apparently flirted with holocaust denial um um in the sense that he was like six million Did really six million i mean that seems like an awful lot of jews um just asking questions here you know um so uh, so yeah, so there's a lot there, and apparently he's saying this sort of stuff on his blog got him in a little bit of trouble on a website called Metafilter, um, which I don't know much about, but people were kind. I've of, never met a filter. <laughs> wah wah wah. So <laughs> apparently people were criticizing him on Metafilter. So Scott Adams did what any normal adult would do, which is go on there and sock puppet in his own defense. Um, and, uh, of course, basically got outed pretty quickly because he was on there saying, uh, Scott Adams is actually a certified genius. So you're all dumb if you don't understand why, like, you know, uh, women have smaller thinking bones. Um, and he <laughs> so he got outed as a sock puppet and immediately said, actually, it was a social experiment. 
and um, everything, and it doesn't, and it actually uh, doesn't uh, negate anything that I said as a sock puppet. Everything that the sock puppet said was accurate, so therefore, um, you know, he deleted everything and uh, like blocked. So you know, as you do when you're, you know, in the right. Um, what that, that is such a. That is such a, the floor is lava. Oh, but not this part, because I have ice powers. Oh, but I negated your ice powers moment. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 funny. There was like, ah, oh, an adult did this. Um, so let's <laughs> an adult see. Adult man, ladies and gentlemen. Adult man. Um, <clears throat> sorry. He also, uh, okay, so he also said that uh, he, he, and one of the other things that got him in trouble is he uh, said that he talks down to women. For the same reason that he talks down to children and the mentally ill, because it's just easier that way. Uh, oh, why do you talk down to the mentally ill? Please, it's it's, it's easier. How is it easier? Apparently, uh, I mean, uh, well, you know, apparently because they're uh, well, I'm I, I'm not sure when he says that. Maybe I think what he actually meant was mentally retarded. I'm sorry. Um, uh. or uh, mentally cha- mentally challenged. Mentally disabled. Mentally disabled. You know, like I, I mean, yeah. I, when he says mm-hmm. mentally ill, I, I think that implies some sort of um, insanity. Implies he talks. But it, I think it, I, it's starting to sound like it implies he talks down to himself. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, the point is, he's talking. He talks down to people. Um, and um, he also said that uh, we. Do you, actually, this is interesting. Did you know that we live in a matriarchy? Uh. Uh, uh, I did not know that. Well, apparently enlighten me. Well, um, this is interesting because you know that nowadays, if you want to have sex with a woman, you have to Uh get permission from that woman to have sex with her. So women Um, actually have all the power because they can deny you sex. Ergo. And... When did this change? When did it stop being the other way? Um, I guess, you know, there was a time when, like, you know, you could, like, you could, you know, hit a woman over the head with a club and drag her back to your cave with by the hair. And, you know, no one would, like, blink at that, um, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah, Scott Adams, he's got some ideas. Um, he does think – it is interesting because back in 2016, uh, during the election – Scott Adams, yes. Scott Adams, using his certified genius brain, basically said, um, "So, uh, I, I'm going to vote for Hillary. All right, I'm going to I'm a Hillary supporter. Uh, going to going to vote for uh, going to vote for Hillary. I'm with her. Um, yeah. Now, because he said, here here's what he said, right? Uh, he said because." He's afraid for his life. He was afraid that Clinton supporters would murder him because he lives in that like liberal wasteland of California. If he uh, if he didn't support Clinton, now um, uh, putting aside the fact that it is a secret ballot and no one knows who yes. voted for, there's several other issues that I, uh, reasons I think that might not be accurate. But he also was all like. Hey, now that I've said that I am a supporter of Hillary Clinton, I have inoculated myself against all criticism. So now when I go off to like basically like support every fucking thing that Trump says, you can't criticize me because I've already told you that I support Hillary Clinton. Check Mm. and mate. Certified genius. Um, So um, 
anyway, so I, I, I prefer to think, though, that, like, all this stuff was said when was done when he had to sing everything, because that makes it more amusing. Um... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> It was all told to his cat. It was yes. all told to the cat. Um, and, I mean, I, I hate to keep going on, but there, there's there's so much more. There's so much more that I gotta get out here and just, like, mention. Um, yes. So, um, uh, he also... Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, so he... Um, you know, he doesn't... Now, even though Scott Adams has been very successful with Dilbert, he doesn't think Dilbert is his legacy. He doesn't think that's what he'll be remembered what? for. Wow, really? Yes. What then? Well, he believes his real <laughs> Pray legacy. Pray tell. His real legacy is that he wrote a book about um, metaphysics and that the universe was created and pantheism, where the universe was created because God exploded. I. Uh, God to, exploded to make the universe. That that's what happened, and to put like so, yeah, I, I I might be I might be simplifying his beliefs a little here, but that's <laughs> what I got out of it as I was investigating. I I'm trying to imagine the universe coming up because God exploded, and I, I'm getting like the the Kuzbanian creatures mating ritual where they run at each other headlong and explode <laughs> into babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's that that fits that that's that's, that's more logical i think <laughs> now stop calling it the big bang it was actually the galio hoop hoop <laughs> wait um also interesting did you know that scott adams has actually um had other business ventures as well oh oh did he sell knives <laughs> cutco knives <laughs> did he have steaks <laughs> he's he's the sort of guy that i would believe would go door to door selling katanas um <laughs> no he actually he created a healthy vitamin filled uh burrito that you could buy <laughs> it's called the dill burrito <laughs> apparently it failed because it caused people to have explosive flatulence <laughs> so the dill burrito will not be his legacy he is he is not going to be remembered for the dill burrito <laughs> what year was that and you know how did they not uh make a episode of the dilbert show about that i you know what that's a good question let me let me google it let me jujugle it and find out when the dill burrito happened the dill burrito uh, Wikipedia. Oh shit! It's got a. Wik oh my god! You know what? Yeah, the Dill Burrito, vegan and microwave burrito, introduced in 1999, and it went. What? Out so it was contemporary with the show. Went out of production in 2003. The explosive flatulence-powered Dill Burrito lasted two years longer than the Dilbert cartoon? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, how much of a flop must this show have been? Well, you know what? I mean, um, may maybe. Um, okay. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, okay, so apparently... In here. Um... 
Adams himself noted the mineral fortification hard to disguise, and because of the veggie legume content, three bites of the dill burrito made you fart so hard your intestines formed a tail. <laughs> oh my god! The New York Times noted the burrito quote could have been designed only by a food technologist or by someone who eats lunch without much thought to taste. <laughs> Though, um, I have to say, were there a lot of frozen microwave burrito, vegan burritos available in 1999? I think that was probably ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably was. Now, I mean, very literally ahead of its time because now you could just throw some Beyond Meat into it. That's true, yeah. Um, I mean, I eat a lot of, like, vegetarian burritos, and, I mean, I, I, you know, I think I fart a normal amount, so maybe they've perfected the, um, you know, they've perfected the, no, uh... You don't. The, the... <laughs> well, You're you know. farting right now, aren't you? Well, you know, well, you know, you know, you know, we'll cut it out in post. <laughs> if i was farting you would know you would know i'm very oh, loud yeah yeah i remember last time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i want everyone look let me just say i like attention i want everyone to know i want everyone to know what i'm doing what i'm doing something that's why i'm on twitter um yeah uh, Boy, what if what if there was a Twitter just for announcing your farts? I'll bet that would be so popular. That is Twitter. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, I was just I was just thinking like if you had some sort of you know device in you know taped to one buttock that would announce online every time you farted. God, you know what? Can you imagine? Can you believe no one's done that yet? Like, yeah. Like I can't can't I can't believe that like fucking like I don't know college humor or hasn't invented an <laughs> app for that or like what you know what or, or like uh, maxim or something it's like there's an app for everything why is there no fart app because i bet that would would be it yeah i feel like it we're we, we're like 20 years into the the digital revolution and nobody's made a fart app at least not when well, you know. apps are old news now now it would have to be a uh, devoted uh, app social media or maybe a I don't know. What's what's the sequel to social media? What's going to replace it? Um, uh, uh, We're probably going back to blogs, actually. But. Oh, yeah. We should all go back to Angel Fire. Yeah. That's, you know. But, yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm old, so I'm like, you know, there's an app for that. Remember that joke? Very funny. <laughs> back in the day. Um, on the internet, no one knows you're a dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Anyway, so so Tootin bath time fun babies. <laughs> so so um, I just mentioned like knowing um, knowing uh, Scott Adams' attitude towards women. Um, it kind of falls into place that he is a trained hypnotist. I mean, it, it, I just yes, I was gonna say I would, I'll bet that trained hypnotism is where his failure as a pickup artist took him. Yes. Um, you know, I, I just feel like that is, you know, because every hypnotist you meet, they're all trying to pick up women. You know, they're all they all got that VHS meet women through hypnotism from, you know, the old days. You are a suction pump. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, but yeah, um, also hypnotism doesn't work. It's it's not real. So it is funny that he uh, he goes trained in it. Uh, 
by it's like being a you know it's like being a trained astrologist yeah exactly so um that is a very funny thing to me um or a trained feng shui decorator (laughs) (laughs) um oh by the way he also doesn't like atheists he he doesn't like atheists yes he believes that they are we're not big fans of him either he thinks that they're arrogant because okay ethan you're you're, you're an atheist you say uh well, I vote like one. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me blow your mind using the Scott Adams method. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Whoa, whoa. All right. I'm ready. This is I'm gonna ready. make you. Are you re- gonna hypnotize me? Okay. No, this is gonna make you rethink your entire worldview. Okay. Ooh. All right. So, have you heard of a little? Never thing? heard that before. Little thing. Have you heard of a little thing called um, Pascal's wager? Pascal's wait. Oh God, that was my favorite uh, multi-part story in Rose's Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Why has there never been a Rose's Rose cartoon? <laughs> Pascal's wager. Will you bet your Huffa Jendi against mine? <laughs> All right, that's a, that's out of date. Pascal doesn't talk like that anymore. <laughs> oh, did, did he age in the strip or something? Yeah, in the strip. Uh, well, no, he didn't really age. It's just that Clem learned how to talk normally and then... Uh, and then Pascal was feeling bad about himself and his, oh, that's, well, there's a strip about it where he's getting down and he's like, I want, you know, give me a hot five Sunday or something, something like that. And meanwhile, his dad is reading the paper and he goes, did you see this article about the woman who lifted a car over her head to save her family? And Rose, not paying attention, is putting the dessert down in front of Pascal. And she says, yeah, people can summon amazing reserves of strength when, and just as it's about to fall, Pascal yells, "Don't spell my hot fudge Sunday!" <laughs> oh, Pascal. Yes, uh, I I love Rose's Rose. I wish it had gotten a show and Dilbert hadn't. Yeah, Rose's Rose is um, it's a, it's a, it's a likable strip. I enjoy actually. It I'm actually that let's bring that up. That is one thing I know about Scott Adams is that he said that uh, Pat. I don't remember his last name. The creator of Rose's Rose was like this undiscovered genius and no, and no one was really acknowledging him, you know, despite the fact that uh, he had actually beaten Dilbert for like comic of the year that, that year or something <laughs> like that. That's really funny. Um, you know, I still, I mean, well, we've, we have talked about like, you know, those comic awards, what about yeah, the Ignats, Harvey's. Yeah. I don't know what else. I don't know what the comic strip awards are. Oh, it's probably a Reuben or something. A Reuben? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, anyway, <clears throat> sorry. Um, let's see. Um, oh, uh, also, um, Scott Adams. Um, let's see. There, there's a few more things here, but um, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it down to just the most important few things that still need to be mentioned uh which are three one is um the thing that i will always remember scott adams for and that is the leisure town incident uh oh do you remember this do you remember when this happened yes i do i remember the dilbert hole yeah which is like oh it's just which is also i have to say the dilbert hole was an the amazing like send up of like the 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 nihilist bleakness of of office life that Dilbert wishes it was. 
and um, it used, uh, I guess, the the cartoonist. Uh, there was a there was a a because um, when Leisure Town did it, they had uh, the the strip was that a disgruntled office worker was basically posting up like scatological um, Dilbert edits in his office, and everyone was all upset about this. And that was the plot of the comic. And if you haven't seen it. Leisure Town itself was a comic that was made of photographs of cheap mass marketed bendy toys. Yes. Um, is it still online? Because I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. This is the first time I thought of it in a long time, but I used to absolutely yeah, love it. It was it was really good in its day though. That was that was classic. Um, but anyway, so he used actual Dilbert comics in it. And uh, Scott Adams didn't like this, so he basically sent him like a you know, cease and desist and um, you know, made him take it down, um, which, you know, is kind of like, oh man, uh, you know, no, old man Adams doesn't like fun apparently, but more to the point, apparently when this was happening, uh, Scott Adams personally contacted, uh, Tristan Farnan, the, uh, Leisure Town cartoonist and basically threatened him yes. and said about like, you want to go to jail? And it's like, well, first of all, you don't go to jail for like copyright infringement. Uh, but secondly, it's like you can't just let the lawyers handle it. You got to get personally involved and swing your dick around like an asshole. Um, and I've always thought about that, especially in comparison to the way that Bill Keen handled the spinwheel yes. thing, um, which I think we might have mentioned. I, I can't remember if we mentioned that before. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about how uh, Bill Keen, you know, he actually enjoyed some of the uh, some of the dysfunctional family circus uh, captions. But at the same at the same time, I guess he felt that they were getting too crude or I don't know if that was because they had changed or if it was because the ones that Dolly herself was sharing with him had just gotten cruder. But uh, he ended up uh, giving Greg Galsick spin himself a uh, personal call and uh, talking to him about it. And he was like, you know, never mind. the. And he was like, never mind the lawyers. Could you just take it down? And he was like, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll do it because you were cool to me. So, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, just shows a very different way of handling things. Um, yes. Which, you know. Now, Bill was a class fucking act. Yeah, seriously. yeah. Um, very, you know, in stark contrast to uh, some people we could mention. Um, Does Scott Adams have any kids? Um, You know what? That is a good question. Um, I don't know. Let me take a look. Personal life. Um, do, do, do. Uh, yes, he has two children named Savannah and Justin Miles. How old are they? Um, let's see. Um, ah, gosh, doesn't say on Wikipedia. Well, they were. They well, let's see. They were born between 2006 and 2014. Hmm. So, so they're anywhere between uh, 13 and 10, and 13 and six now. So, oh wait. Oh wait, no. Oh, he had a. Oh no, wait. They weren't his kids. They were his. They were her children. Oh, okay. So it's from his his wife like, from a previous marriage. Yeah, and well, no, yeah, it was from yeah, and they divorced in 2014, and in an October 2018 blog po blog post, he stated that his stepson Justin had died of almost certainly an opioid overdose. Huh. Huh. That's well, that's not really cool. No, but. I was, but that, so he didn't really have much going on. He was just a man in their lives for a while. He, I don't know if we would necessarily call him their dad. That would be really weird to Scott Adams for a dad. 
Can you just imagine yeah, that? Yeah, even for... <laughs> you met, Scott Adams. Like, you come home and you're like... And, uh, you know, and he's just basically singing you an aria about, like, how women are bitches. <laughs> this would be weird. Um, God, what a... Str- okay. Oh, um, in fact, it would be very weird because Scott Adams... Um, I don't know if this was true at the time that he was married or this is something that has happened since his divorce and his subsequent marriage to his Ukrainian child bride. Um, but he lives in a house shaped like Dilbert's head. Uh, on on purpose? Yes. It is a specially designed <laughs> house to look like Dilbert's head, um, which uh, I, I read about. It was, or I should say, I, I listened to a podcast where he read an article about this. And the the thing that's really notable about that is there's a special room in Dilbert's nose area for the cat's litter box. Um, oh my god! Now you're you're not wrong. I see it. Yeah, and <laughs> and what uh, and the thing that makes this especially funny to me, as if um, as if. A, a house shaped like Dilbert's head isn't funny enough is that when I, when I imagine a house shaped like Dilbert's head, I'm okay. That's basically like the, the Easter Island head that Squidward lives in, in SpongeBob, <laughs> which gets even funnier when I think like, you know, Scott Adams looks a lot like Squidward. If you think about it. Yeah, he does. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's uh, who also, I believe thinks he's a certified genius. So it, uh, it kind of fits. <laughs> Um, and, um, uh, so Scott so, Adams, sorry. oh, I know what, yeah. So Scott Adams was singing all day. I'm not a loser. I don't secretly hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> singing to the cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh. Um, and finally we should mention the most recent thing that he's been in the news for. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so do you, so very recently, um, since we live in America, uh, you might remember there was a, uh, a mass shooting, um, at the Gil, at the Gilroy garlic festival was about, this is about like five or six mass shootings ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, By now you might have completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, they happen every 20 minutes. It's America. Um, but yeah, apparently there was, I say apparently, no, there was a, a, a shooting spree at the Gilroy Garlic Festival this year. And um, Scott Adams basically went online and he said, okay, hey, if you were witness to the uh, garlic soup shooting, sign up for my uh, cryptocurrency app and um, we'll make it so <laughs> that, so that uh, basically we, you can, we'll charge reporters to get your story. So you can charge for interviews about this thing. And, um, which is one kind of strange because generally people don't charge to be interviewed for newspapers. That's not really a thing. No. And secondly, it's like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's a little bit ghoulish to be all like, everybody use my app. We've got a great opportunity. So people were murdered at a garlic festival. This is my time to, this is a great, this is a great marketing time for me. Um, so yeah, (sighs) Scott Adams, very strange guy. Um, you know. Big brain engineer. And just this is another example of how the people who have the strangest thoughts are usually the most aggressively normal. Like how Charles Adams was really boring when you got to know him. 
and Gary Larson is just, he likes to make, he likes to play jazz in his spare time and things like that. What? Meanwhile, the guy who does the, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the reasons he retired from doing the far side. Wait. Was that he wanted to spend more time on music. Wait, wait. Oh my, Gary Larson retired from the far side <laughs> to spend more time listening to jazz? Uh, playing jazz. Oh, he plays yeah. jazz. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, god. I just can you imagine like just in a going to some like underground club and like Gary Larson is up there on stage with a trumpet. <laughs> hey man, uh, is he weird for you? You gotta listen to notes I'm not playing. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I can't I, Oh my god, I can't I can't picture just and everyone in the audience just snapping along. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Playing oh. some of those some of those far side favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my baby's left my lily pad. My legs were both deep fried. I eat flies all day and when I'm gone, they stick me in formaldehyde. Well, I got the greens. I got the greens real bad. Oh my god. I can't carry <laughs> Retires on the far side. It's like, man, you know, just the <laughs> drawing, draw uh, drawing one panel a day is just too much work. Stay eating into my jazz time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Mike, are you implying that maybe Gary Larson is not as aggressively normal as I was trying to posit? <laughs> Wait, sorry, hello. I said, Mike, are you trying to say that Gary Larson might not be as aggressively normal as I tried to posit him? <laughs> no, actually, um, I, I think, no, honestly, jazz is the most normie of music. So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty normie. I just, I'm just, it's amusing juxtaposing, you know, what we know of Gary Larson with that. Yeah, <laughs> with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. You were saying Gary Larson is into jazz. Charles Adams, boring guy. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you have the guy who does the comic about the most boring basic office shit, and he's this maniac, hypnotist, atheist-hating misogynist that lives in a castle shaped like his cartoon character's head <laughs> and is trying to and is trying to be you know, position himself as the next Sean Hannity or something. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Um, so, sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, you're boring. Look at that reliable disappointment, but Oh God, I'm glad I'm not Scott Adams. Yeah. Well, I find it's, it's fascinating because I mean, you know, I could not tell you if you asked me, to tell you anything about like Jim Davis or Kathy Jizzowitz. They're, they're enigmas. I don't know a shit about their personal life, but Scott Adams, it's just, it's all out there. You know, he's just, just, uh, every, every idea that just like shoots through his brain is suddenly like, just like farts out into the world. Just mass insanity. It's, it's. <sighs> so he's, he's the kind of person that loves attention. What are you saying? Yeah, well, 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 you know what? Okay, I'm gonna say maybe that's the most relatable thing about him. 
Well, I think you could hear me squinting. I think. Wait a second. So, Ethan, what you're saying? What you're saying is I should become a hypnotist and build a house shaped like my head. Yes. Because you are your character. That's so. true. I mean, that's true. I'm going to shape it like my persona's head. Which means it'll have a that really would, uh, it'll have a really big room for the cat's litter box. Yeah. God, you could have so many cats. Oh, uh, there we go. Exactly. I love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, so he he is an interesting guy and he created um Created some art that we looked at, and it is a thing. Yes. He, you know, he's got his own, he, well, I was going to say he has his own show and we don't, but you know what? We do. Yeah. The, all we're of the barriers the have come down. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And what, what is he doing now? Being rich in a house with his, you know, his, um, his mail order bride. Um, I think he's on his third now. Wow. Which makes, so what does he do with them when what does he just throw them away or Yeah, you you send he, you uh, you send them back to get the upgrade. He is an engineer. <laughs> oh. Um, you know. Oh, and they and they make fun of me for uh, just uh ta- for just getting rid of my Mac rather than upgrading it. You know, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, there's um he's um uh oh I just realized well you know since he keeps I believe since he's got like his teenage brides it's like well it makes sense he is in Mensa so there I knew it I knew it but I wonder <clears throat> if Mel Lazarus had one oh shit I bet I bet that's why uh his mom was always giving him shit <laughs> the uh you know I mean the maybe only his other... mom was a child yeah she well she was. She was tiny. She was just very like small, one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, people always, you know, they say people always like uh, date their moms. You know, they always marry your mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm the only other Mensa person I know is um, uh, what's his face. Um, uh, you know, the pedophile, uh, the rapist pedophile. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, right, uh, Bill Cosby. Um, maybe. Um, okay, wait. You know, I forget his name. He was married to the the Avalon woman. The sword of a sword of Avalon. Avalon woman. Um. Uh, uh, oh, Marion no Zimmerman Bradley is the wife, but she was married to. The, Never heard of him. She she wrote like sci-fi, I think. Um, mm. and she was married to. Uh, wait, wait, I gotta look up the. Oh, Neil Breen. That's his name. That's the pedophile rapist name, mm. Neil Breen, <laughs> and he was in Mensa. So, um. Until Mensa like forces us to take this out of the uh, um, podcast, possibly by sponsoring us, uh, Mensa is full of pedophiles. So there. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, wow, we've been going at this for two hours. This is the longest episode yes. we've ever done. Um, yes, this is our. You know, we 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 ended up doing special presentation, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else we should say about Scott Adams and or Dilbert? Uh, if you like Dilbert, that's okay. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, sometimes you got to separate the artist from the arts and yeah, Dilbert's fine. Yes. You know, it's not like, Dilbert, you know, Dil- you know, if you, if you want to go find an old copy of fugitive from the cubicle police or something, you know, and see some of the old, old stuff he did, you know, we do, we'd recommend it. You know, yeah. we just, you know, we can't, we can't attach our egos to him. Yeah. You know, we like, 
some you know everyone even people you don't like can make something that you will like yeah. you know and you know i'm not saying you should pay them for it but... it's like yeah you know you can da- you can down you wouldn't download a Dilbert collection. You wouldn't download a Dilbert. <laughs> um, you know, from or you know, Dil- down, go to the Dilbert hole. Dive into the Dilbert yes. hole. Um, we're not that's, talking about the one that that's... gets his sperm rocket shot up. We're talking about you know the uh, Leisure Town <laughs> one, um, the good one. Um, if it's still around, look it up. Yeah, um, I'm sure so. They're still circulating that somewhere. <clears throat> All right. Um, I, All right. I guess that's 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 everything there is about Dilbert. So, yep. As you know, and if you want to hear more about Dilbert, you can make it up yourself because we're out of here. Yep. <laughs> Same.